another episode, another podcast, another Monday. Once again, every single Monday, a new podcast is going out, a new topic, a new teaching, whatever the whatever you want to call it. But I am excited. I need you to get your notebook. I need you to grab a pen, a pencil, something to write with, your tablet, laptop, whatever it is, and get away from any distraction. And I need you to hear what I'm about to tell you. So let's dive right in to, on the topic of revival. Hey everybody, it is your host Isaac Carpenter with another episode speaking on revival. Um, I am beyond excited, I'm pumped, amped, stirred, whatever you want to call it for this episode. So let's let's just jump right into this. Uh, Father, I ask right now in the mighty name of Jesus that every word that would be uttered from my mouth, God, I ask that it would fall on great fruit and produce or fall on good soil and produce great fruit. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak through me. May I not say anything from Isaac, but may you speak straight through me in Jesus' name. Amen. So talking about revival, I want to kind of give you a little background on why this is something that I want to talk about. Um, For the past 15 weeks, for those of you that don't know where I live, I live in Huntington, West Virginia, and for the past 15 weeks, we have been in a revival. And you heard that correctly, 15, one, five weeks, not days, not minutes, not hours, 15 weeks of revival. During these 15 weeks of revival, we've seen um, over 1,200 people get baptized. Not 12, not 120, over 1,200, 1,200, over 1,200 people have been uh, baptized in water. We've seen countless people saved. I don't even know how many people saved. We've seen people healed, delivered, set free, filled with the Holy Ghost, families restored, marriages restored, prodigals come home, addiction. I mean, you name it, we've seen it. Um, And so we have been experienced in a move of true revival. And during this time of revival, I have truly encountered the spirit of revival, which is ultimately Jesus. Um, And so I I no longer can talk about revival from a place of uh, head knowledge or um, stories of old, but now I can speak from a place of revival having encountered what revival looks like, what true revival looks like. And so that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Um, this, This past weekend, today is Monday, August the 29th, and this past weekend in in, uh, Charleston, West Virginia, our state's capital, but also... Um, it's right in the middle of Appalachia, uh, the Appalachian states. And so we, you could consider it as the heartbeat of Appalachia. And so there, were, every single county in the state of West Virginia got together um, with as many prayer people, intercessors, revivalists, pastors, whoever that knew that it's time to see revival, not only in the state of West Virginia, but all throughout Appalachia. We gathered together on, on uh, Friday night, uh, at a church across from the Capitol, but then Saturday at the Capitol steps. Um, and I come to tell you that there is a remnant. And I'm, I'm trying not to get preachy. I'm trying to just talk to you, but I need you to hear me from the Spirit that there is a remnant that is rising. And you have a choice today, this very moment, to make a decision. Am I going to jump on this train and be a part of this remnant? Or the other option, am I going to watch this train on the tracks go flying by me because I would rather have this than be a part of this remnant that God is raising up in these last days. And so for those of you that saying, oh, it's bad out there, it's things are only getting worse, I came to tell you that there is still a remnant. 
<laughs> no matter how small it looks. Listen, one thing that I've come to realize is that numbers does not equate power. Hear this preacher. So don't say, well, yeah, there is a remnant, but man, the remnant's awful small. That's all right. Numbers do not equate anointing. Numbers do not equate power. Am I saying that there's not power as a number? No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is I can have 10,000 lukewarm people or I can have a hundred on fire for God revivalists. You tell me where the power would lie. Yeah, I mean, that's a rhetorical question. You know where that is. And so this Saturday we gathered on the Capitol steps and I had the honor of being one of the people to, to lead the state of West Virginia and Appalachia in prayer. And I can tell you that something broke. And I'm not saying that as a cliche thing or as a Christianese, so to speak, but something broke. Um, and at the very end, I, I, I come to understand that God is up to something. And once again, you're probably saying, well, I've heard this all my life. I've been a Christian for 60 years, 50 years, 40 years, however long the case may be. And I've heard that, oh, revival's here. There's a remnant here. Well, you may have heard it, but the difference between experience revival and talking about it is one word, and that's work. Some of you all probably thought I cussed because you don't like to hear that word or you haven't heard that word before. But work. Work is what will take a prophetic word and take it from being just a word to reality. Work is what will take revival from being just a sign or advertisement to experience revival fire in a city, in a community, in a state, or in a region. And so there's a remnant that not only believes revival is coming, but there's a remnant that also believes that we are willing to do the work, to do the labor, the blood, sweat, and tears, and to grind this thing out and contend for this until we see it. And I believe I'm part of that revival, and I believe that if you're listening to this and, and you choose to be a part of that remnant, then you can also jump in and be a part of this remnant. And so today I'm going to be talking about revival. I'm going to be talking about what it is, but I'm also going to be talking about some important things about revival that you must know. Um, and a lot of what I'm going to be talking about is is from a book. So I have my own notes, but some of these, these, these topics and these statements that I'm going to be talking about is from a book that I need every single one of you listening to get. It's called Why Revival Terries by Leonard Ravenhill. Leonard Ravenhill is an was an incredible, incredible man of God, one of my mentors uh, was actually mentored by Leonard Ravenhill. And so I have grown great, great fond, uh, very fond of Leonard Ravenhill and all of his books and his teachings. But you must get it. Um, the book clearly is on revival, but as the topic says, is why revival, Terry? So the whole book begins to not only speak on revival, but it begins to tell you why revival uh, leaves, why it tarries, how to keep it from tearing. It's, it's an incredible book, so you need to get it. So enough of my jabbering. Let's jump in. So the first thing I'm going to be talking about, it's actually in the first chapter of this book. The, uh, the topic or the title for chapter one in this book is, With all thy getting, get unction. So what this title is saying is, if you, with all of thy getting, with all of thy gathering, with all the things that you're searching for, with all the things you're pursuing, get this one thing get unction what is unction well we're going to be talking about it so I'm going to repeat this again in all your gathering and all you're getting get unction get unction I need you to hear me hear me hear me hear me I need you to get unction 
y'all gonna have to pray for me to get through this because I really feel the spirit of the Lord. I feel the spirit of revival in my office right here. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I ask right now that the revival fire that I feel on my belly, God, I ask that it would penetrate wherever they're at, God, whether they're in the car, they're cutting grass, washing dishes, in the house, working out, whatever they're doing, I ask that your revival fire would penetrate the very uh, speaker or however they're listening to would, would, would go through these, these uh, that my mic and to the, their speaker and would begin to penetrate their heart. I ask that you would begin to plant seeds of revival over every listener. In uh, Jesus' name. Alrighty, I'm ready. But I, tell you, I just feel the Spirit of the Lord in, the, in, the, in my office. Whew. So we're going to be talking about unction, and then we're going to be talking about prayer a little bit. And so like I said, I need you to get your notes and everything. Hmm. So as we're getting into this, I'm going to just begin to give you some statements, and I'm going to talk about them. And so this first chapter talks about unction, and it says, Preaching of the type mentioned affects men. Prayer affects God. So I need you to hear me when I when, what I'm telling you is I'm telling you that preaching will just affect men, but having prayer attached to your preaching will grab and grasp the heart of God. Preaching affects time. Prayer affects eternity. The pulpit, listen, can be a shop window to display our talents. The platform can be a, a shop window to display our talents, our giftings. The, the spotlight can be a shop window to display our talents and our giftings and our abilities. But what? In all of your getting, in all of searching for the spotlight, in all of searching, shop windowing your talents, your giftings, and your abilities, get unction. Get the anointing of the Holy Ghost. The tragedy, and I need you to hear me spiritually. I'm not talking about a church. I'm not talking about a leader. I'm not talking about a person. I'm talking about the body of Christ. So when I mention church, I mention preachers. I mention people in pulpits. I'm talking about the overall body of Christ, okay? The tragedy that I found in this late hour and today is that we've got too many dead men in pulpits. We've got too many dead worship leaders. We've got too many dead leaders. We've got too many dead elders, dead deacons, um, dead pastors, dead evangelists, dead revivalists. I'm, I'm putting quotation marks up because you can't be any of those true. You can't have that true title if you're dead. Uh, and my fear is that we have too many dead leaders, too many dead preachers, too many dead evangelists giving out what? Too many dead sermons to too many dead people. And see, this is why this is why you've got must understand that as a leader, you can only produce what you already possess. <laughs> you can only deposit that which you already possess. So if you don't possess the word of God, it's hard for you to deposit the word of God. Hear me. If you don't possess and walk in the anointing or the oil and the authority of the Lord, how in the world can you deposit that? You can only deposit that which you possess. And so we've got so many dead sermons preaching to dead people. Why? Because we've got dead leaders. We've got dead leaders teaching dead messages to dead people. The people remain dead. Why? Because all they're getting is a dead message. Why are they just getting a dead message? Because the person giving the message or the teaching is dead. And so what revival fire comes to do is, see, when we think of revival, we think that revival is, is uh, people on the, on the streets flooding the church building. Yes, you must understand that that is a part of revival. 
But in order for that to happen, I believe, and I, and I, and I believe this to, this isn't just not an opinion. I've seen this with my own eyes. In order for a revival to truly break out, the church first must get saved. Uh, I'm already making a lot of religious people mad. The church must first get saved in order for true revival to be birthed across America, in your state, in your city, in the school system, wherever it is that you're at. You, the church of Jesus Christ must be awoken, must come and realize the set, that, that they must operate in this revival fire. But in order for them to do that, they've got to wake up. And so uh, you must understand that revival, true revival happens when the church gets saved. When people in the church stop sinning, when people in the church stop making it a religious duty, a religious task, a, a, a something I just do on a weekend just to make me feel good. No, that is not what revival is. That's not what revival is. Just imagine a body of believers, a body of Christ, professing the resurrection of Jesus talking about how he's a resurrecting God, talking about how on the third day he resurrected. Ha! We go all crazy about it. But yet the same believers that are professing his resurrection power are dead. I want you to think about that for a moment. How contradicting is that? I'm a believer of Jesus. I'm a believer in his resurrecting power. The Savior of the universe was resurrected, but I'm dead as a doorknob. I don't even know what it is myself. The horror of that. This happens because we've got leaders and preachers preaching and leading and teaching without unction of the Holy Ghost. Teaching and preaching out of head knowledge, out of knowledge that has been poured down to them or knowledge that has been talked to them. But without having the unction of the Holy Ghost to tell them what to say, when to say it, how to say it, how to flow, how to move. Out of all your gathering, out of all your seeking, get the unction of the Holy Ghost. Preaching without unction, it kills instead of giving life. The unctionless preacher is a sa saver of death unto death. <laughs> the word does not live unless the unction is upon the preacher. Preacher, in all thy getting, hear me loud and clear. Get the unction. The word of God is like a two-edged sword piercing it's live and it quickens but it can only quicken it can only be alive if there is unction upon the preacher have you ever listened to a preacher and you want to fall asleep and have you ever listened to a preacher and it makes you want to run through a wall the difference is there is unction there is anointing on one and there is not that on the other i'm not slandering i'm not speaking bad i'm just telling you the truth God has called me to raise me up for such a time as this to get a people together for the last days. And in these last days, I believe, as his word says in Joel chapter 2, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Yes, but in order for that to happen, we must understand this concept. In order for heaven to get on earth, we've got to understand that heaven first has to be awoken up and woke up in my spirit. And in order for that to happen, there must be somebody that look at you and tell you the truth. I'm not, I'm not going to be that person that tickles your ears, that tells you, oh, this is good. You're never going to experience bad. You're doing good right where you're at. No, 
wake up church, wake up son, wake up daughter, and come to reality that where you're at is not where you're supposed to spend eternity. Where you're at right now is not the end game. God has called you to greater. God has called your church to greater. He's called your city to greater. He's called your region to greater. He's called your uh, your, uh, uh, your 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 area of influence to greater, your work system, your workplace to greater, your school system to greater, your family to greater. Stop settling with where you're at in Lodabar and understand that God has called you. In His Word, He says that He has seated you in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's where you fight from. That's where your authority lies. In that place, not in Lodabar, but seated at the right hand in heavenly places far above is what your word, your Bible says, far above all powers of the enemy. So why do we act like we're a dead people? Why do we act like we're a dead church? Why? Because we have no unction. We've got head knowledge. We've got, we've got Twitter posts. We've got, we've got uh, Instagram reels. We've got TikTok. We've got all of these things that are trying to do what for us? That instead of all thy getting, get unction, we think, oh, in all thy getting, I'm going to get likes. In all thy getting, I want followers. In all thy getting, I want popularity. Listen, God will lift you up and he will bring you to a place where he has called you to be, where you will be able to soar like eagles, but you must understand that you've got to get the what? Faithful in little, I will make you ruler over much. And this is the faithful in the little. Stop allowing the little foxes keep revival from hitting your home. Keep revival from hitting your school. Keep revival from hitting your family or your church. It's time that you pull out the hidden things in your closet and begin to speak to those things and begin to declare bitterness, unforgiveness, Hurt, resentment, rejection, addiction, perversion, alcoholism, pornography, lust, whatever it is, you are no longer my master. I'm being woken up by the resurrecting power of Jesus and I'm getting the unction of the Holy Ghost on me so that I can see what is prophesied in Joel 2 that in these last days he will pour out his spirit. And I believe that some of you listening under the sound of my voice are feeling the unction of the Holy Ghost. That is what you need to live by. That is what you need to understand is what to direct you, to guide you, to lead you, to speak to you, to raise you up for such a time as this. In all thy getting, get the unction of the Holy Ghost. My great God, that's, none of that was on my notes, but I'm following his unction. You need to understand this leader. You need to understand this preacher, that a sermon, a message, a teaching from the head will only reach the head. <laughs> but a sermon born in the heart, a sermon born in the spirit, a sermon born in the secret place will reach the heart of, will reach the heart of the sons and daughters that are far from God. Under God, a spiritual preacher will produce spiritually minded people. Hear this. A spiritual preacher will produce spiritually minded people. But a preacher that's not a spiritual preacher will only be able to produce those kind of people that follow, that are led by their head and not the unction of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> My great God, this is so good. Unction, unction is not something that can, uh, how can I say this? Unction is not something that can be learned. It's only earned. How is that earned? It's earned through prayer. God will release his unction to you when you get serious and begin to pray. Unction cannot be taught. It cannot, 
necessarily be learned. It's only earned through what? Through prayer, through intimacy, through the secret place with Him. Unction is... Um, how can I say it? Unction is God's knighthood for the soldier preacher who has wrestled in prayer and gained the victory. Victory. This is so good. Victory is not won in the pulpit by firing intellectual bullets or, or wise cracks, but victory is won in the prayer closet. Victory is won. <clears throat> excuse me. Victory is won or lost before the preacher's foot ever enters the pulpit. I need to just put my notes down and take a sip of water and I, before I go crazy. Victory is won. My goodness, this is... Victory is not won in the pulpit. Victory is won in the prayer closet. It's won or lost before the preacher's foot even enters the pulpit. Unction is like dynamite. Uh, unction comes not by the medium of the bishop or the preacher's hands, and neither does it a mildew when the preacher is cast into prison. Unction will pierce. It will uh, uh, percolate. It will sweeten and soften. When the hammer of logic and the fire of human zeal fail to open up the stony heart, unction will succeed. I'm going to say that again. When the hammer of logic, oh, I'm going to say this. When the hammer of tradition, when the hammer of religion and the fire of human uh, ability of, of humanity fell to open up the heart of, of of sons and daughters unction will then unction will be the thing that's able to succeed and open up their heart my goodness this is so good this is so good can, can i'm going to be as bold to say this i'm going to say that without leaders without preachers without those that are in authority uh, in that capability without those people having unction altars will be empty the unctionless preacher the unctionless man of god the unctionless woman of god the unctionless revival the unctionless evangelist will never see a full altar why because it is the it is the unction that opens up the heart of sons and daughters that don't know him it's not your capability it's not how how many uh uh, it's not whether you're a doctor or not. That's great. That's great that you have education. That's great. That's great that you're you are top of your class. I'm, I'm, that's awesome. That's great that you've got four or five different degrees. That's great. But I came to ask you this question: Do you have unction? You know, you know, that's great that your parents have unction. That's great that your great-grandparents had unction. That's great that you come from a family that knows the prophetic. That's great you come from a long lineage of intercessors. That's great you come, you, you know, your whole family's been in ministry. That, that, that's, that's great, but do you have unction? Do you have it? I'm not asking if your family had it. I'm not asking if your dad has unction or your mom has unction or your siblings have unction or your church leaders have unction or whatever. That, I'm asking you, son. I'm asking you, daughter of God, do you have unction? Do you? Do you have unction all by yourself? Thousands of churches all across America, thousands of churches every weekend, thousands of them. I said thousands of them. See empty altars week after week, year after year, and cover this sterile situation by misapplying the scripture in quotation marks my word shall not return void unto me my word shall what am i saying i'm saying that 
We 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 don't have we don't have unction. We preach altars are empty, and we 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 misapply. We 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 uh, manipulate the scripture that says, "My word shall not return unto me void." You see, the ugly fact is that altar fires are either out or burning very low. No, hear this preacher. The prayer meeting is dead or dying. By our attitude to prayer, whew, by our attitude to prayer, we tell God. This is what we tell God. We tell Him that 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 uh, what was begun in spirit, we can finish in the flesh. Oh my goodness! I said, what we tell God is that what was birthed in the spirit, we think we can finish in our flesh suit. What church ever asked its candidating ministers what time they spend in prayer? <laughs> I guarantee you that if you were to call a meeting in the biggest arena in the world and you begin to call every minister in the whole world to this place and you took a mic around the whole place and you begin to ask them, how much every day do you spend in prayer? I bet that we would, we would begin to weep because we would understand that it is a lot of our leaders preach and speak from a place of having head knowledge but no intimacy. And so my question is to you is, as a minister of the gospel, how much time do you spend with the king? How, how much time do you spend on social media? How, how, how much time do you spend on Netflix and Hulu and, and on your game system and hanging out with your friends and, and, and doing all these things compared to how much time do you spend with the Father? See, the church today, the church for so long has stand on the sidelines watching abortions happen, watching the LGBTQ community go crazy, watching... Uh, uh, gender identity saying that there's multiple genders under than male and female watching all of these racial tension hatred bigotry go all over our nation while we sit on the sidelines with our hands crossed saying it's just getting crazy out here Whew. things just keep getting worse I'm just ready for Jesus to come back what are we doing church It's time that we begin to grab the horns of the altar again. It's, behind, it's time that we begin to get to services early and begin to weep before the throne room of God. We begin to weep before the altar and begin to saturate the, the sanctuary with the glory and the, and the power and the authority of Jesus. It's time that we get back to intimacy. It's time that we get back to the secret place. It's time that we get back in our prayer closet and begin to seek the face of God. I'm reminded of the scripture that says, if there is one thing that I seek after, may it be that I'm found in the presence of Jesus. And I'm declaring that my generation, that my generation, that my generation, if there is one thing that we seek after, God, may it be that we seek after you so hard that when people come searching for my generation, that they will be found faithful in the presence of Jesus. Preachers, wake up. What happened to the preachers that used to be fishing for men? 
Instead of fishing for men, we're now, we're now found too often fishing for compliments from men. Fishing to be exalted from men. Fishing to be complimented from men. Fishing for the spotlight from men. Preachers who used to sow seeds in faith, knowing the power of seed time and harvest, now they string intellect pearls. Imagine in your mind a field sown with pearls. What would you? What what harvest would you gather from a from a a a, a field that has been sown not with seeds but with pearls? Where are our unctionized pulpit preachers? Where are our pulpit preachers and and prophets that have unction? Where are you? Where are you, woman of God, that's got unction of the Holy Ghost? Where are you, son of God, that has the unction of the Holy Ghost? Where are you, prophet? Call yourself a prophet with a title, but have no unction. Where are you, prophet? Where are you, apostle? Where are you, evangelist? Where are you, teacher? Where are you, pastor with unction? Powerless preaching. Man, it's unmoving because it was born in a tomb instead of a womb. Preaching that has no power, that was born in a tomb instead of a womb and nourished in a fireless, prayerless soul. We may preach and perish, but we cannot pray and perish. If God called us to the ministry, then dear God, hear me. I contend that we should get unction. With all thy getting, get unction. Don't seek for the badge of approval. Don't seek from the compliments from men in all of your gathering, in all of your getting. If there is one thing that you hear me tell you in this podcast, I know it's great to have friends. I'm not saying don't have friends. I'm not saying I understand it's hard to not try to be the favorite of the class clown or be the top of your class or do all these things to get approval. I'm not saying that those are necessarily bad, but when you begin to pursue compliments and pursue the spotlight and pursue talents and abilities and giftings and being on the platform and being seen and being the most popular and the most likely to succeed and, and, and being the one that's always talked about at the dinner table and being the most accepted and always being fitting. When you focus on those things more than unction, son, you've missed it. Daughter, you've missed it. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I'm asking, God, that every single person under the sound of my voice, God, I release a fresh unction under them, over them. God, I release a fresh fire over them. God, I release a fresh anointing over them, God. God, I ask right now, God, that if any of them has been seeking or has sought after things, God, before you, God, I'm asking that they would begin to repent right now in this moment of putting things, of idols, of, of, of getting their priorities out of line, God, and that they would begin to seek you and your anointing and that they would begin to understand that I've got to have unction on my lips. I've got to have the anointing of the Holy Ghost on my lips. God, it's not the it's not the talents or the gifts or the approval or the compliments or the badges of people, God, that's going to be able to bring revival. God is, but it is the anointing and the fire of the Holy Ghost and God, your unction that's going to see Joel chapter 2 be fulfilled in the earth. God, you said in your word, 
that in these last days you shall pour out your spirit upon all flesh. So, Father, we ask that that word become a reality, God. But in order for that word to become a reality, God, you need workers. You need laborers, God, who have unction. So, Father, I call for sons and daughters out, God, out, out, out of where they are, God. And I send them into the harvest field with a reaping sickle, ready to do the call, the assignment, the plan in which you have called them to, God. But not unctionless, God. A people full of unction and walking in the authority in which you have called them to walk in. Father, I thank you for this remnant that you are raising up in these last days. A remnant full of fire, a remnant full of unction, a remnant full of authority, full of power, ready to see your move, ready to see a great awakening, not only hit a city, a state, a region, or even a uh, surrounding states, God, but we are contending for a national worldwide revival, and we're going to see it happen. I said, we're going to see it happen. Come on, children of God. If you're ready to see a nationwide, a worldwide revival, great awakening happen, I want you to do whatever you're doing right now. I want you to stand up and begin to thank God and begin to take one minute of your time right now and begin to thank and pray in this revival fire. Right now, I want you to do that. Come on, contend for it. Push for it. Come on. I, I know you may be tired. I know it may be the end of day of work, but contend for this. Don't just say you want it. I need you to contend. I need you to begin to pray in the Spirit. I need you to begin to prophesy over your generation. Prophesy over your school system. Prophesy over your friends. You have the potential, the capability to see and bring change in every area of influence. Come on. Come on, son. Come on, daughter. I know you may just have done some things that you regret. Repent and begin to contend for this thing. Come on, repent and begin to contend for this thing. Repent and begin to contend for it. Come on, just a little bit longer. I need you to push. I need you to push just a little bit longer. Just a little bit longer. We're contending for something here. Come on, give it all to him. Surrender everything you have. Everything you have. Come on, give it to him. If you're driving, it's all right to pull over. If you're doing the dishes, it's all right to stop. If you're working out, just praise him. Take a, take a moment. Take a break. Whatever you're doing, take a moment and begin to thank him. Thank him for revival fires to be fanned over all over this world. It's coming, son. It's coming, daughter. Don't give up. Don't stop contending. Revival fire is on the way, son. It's on the way, daughter. Please push. Please push with me. Can't wait to see you next episode. Love you guys.